Welcome to the first uh, 2024 edition of Sharing Socks. We've been doing it for a long time. I'm Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen, and with me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, as we take a look at a few things. But before we get to anything else, uh, we're recording this on Monday the 22nd. The 23rd is the deadline for Hall of Fame votes. Uh, so I'm wearing my Mark Burley shirt. Now he's not going into the Hall of Fame, but yeah, there, there's, there's my Burley shirt. There it is. There it is. Uh, but he needs to get above the 5% mark to stay on ballot for another year. It looks like he's going to make it. He's, he's like within a few votes at, at this point already, so he should make it and stay. But, I mean, I'm just saying, yes, I'm a White Sox fan. Yes, Mark Burley is one of my favorite White Sox players ever. People who don't vote for Mark Burley, which is obviously 95%, don't really dig baseball. Because it's not just stats with him. Even though his war is higher than, I think, 20 pitches or in the hall, in the hall, they don't understand the other factors that he brought to the game. And it's well, not going to get him in. Veterans Committee might. When he gets to where the players vote, he might. I think they do understand. I think they don't care about those factors. It's <laughs> really what it is. I mean, to say that they don't, like, they know. They've, they've watched him. You know, but I, I definitely think it's more, it's not a flashy choice. He was not a flashy guy. Uh, guys like that who have these really solid long careers, uh, including like war that is better than some guys in the hall, um, they just don't care. And and you're, you're coming from the White Sox, a team that, you know, isn't sexy to, <laughs> to like at the current time. Um, I, He's never getting in from this from from these voters. He's he's absolutely not getting in. I I think he might get the five percent. He should get the five percent um, to stay on the ballot. But you know, it's it's five percent on a long journey to to nowhere. Uh, but I do think you're right that he could end up in the Hall of Fame. I I definitely think that when it comes to the uh, the the player vote and and that situation i i think he could end up there you know a lot of these guys faced him a lot of these guys know what he brought to the game know how crucially important he was to the organization for years and years and years and years obviously the white Sox have already retired the number uh and was that the game where it happened we were we were there it was very 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 cool um but I, I just, there's no way he's getting in. It's just not the kind of guy that they're going to go for. And hopefully he is in there someday. I do think he deserves to be there. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about, especially now when pitchers moving forward, I mean, the idea of a, a guy who's going to pitch for like 20 years is pretty much gone um, with the way guys throw now and how many of them require Tommy John surgery could all change if Yoshinobu Yamamoto shows us that you don't have to lift weights and can just use flexibility to be a pitcher and not not focus well, on that's the elbow. an interesting thing that's that's going to be fun to watch I it is the thing there, I am most there, excited for in 2024 there, there is there is a historically been a lot of people on the chiropractic side the medical straight medical side where you're saying baseball players have bulked up too much yeah they don't need it and they they've just loaded on all this muscle. And we we were that one game where we were sitting in the front row by the dugouts. So we would watch every guy come up to bat. Jose Abreu's got 
arms bigger than a middle linebacker's legs. Jose can carry it, but not all those guys can do that. Right. There um, there are a lot of positions where I think it's totally fine to be bulked up. I mean, DH, um, playing first base, you know, uh, which is the definition of Jose Abreu. Um but yeah, we're seeing we're seeing way too much bulk around the league. I mean, the the idea that these these left fielders and and center fielders and outfielders are are huge short stops being bulked is is never been advantageous to that position. Uh, I I'm going to be really interested to see how this goes with Yamamoto, and I, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch any of his workouts. Uh, his routine you can find videos on the internet so it's all flexibility based it's all about the flow of the body i personally think it's the most beautiful pitching delivery i've ever seen in my life uh the guy throws javelin to warm up in lieu of baseballs uh because the motion from javelin requires that full body flexibility and release and doesn't depend on the elbow i can tell you this if yamamoto can actually pitch for 12 years in Major League Baseball effectively, even if we get to year six. Every high school kid in America is going to be learning the Yamamoto way of pitching because it really could change the game in terms of health and arm safety. Um, you know, it, it's there's, there's a ton of yoga involved. There's a ton of um, what looks to be like a, t- a kind of Tai Chi involved. And then the fact that he throws all sorts of things except baseballs. I mean, he, he obviously throws baseballs when he's doing a bullpen and stuff like that. But his training is based around throwing things that aren't baseballs. And that's going to be really fascinating. You know, I'm at Dodger Stadium a lot. I'm excited to see the javelin flying across <laughs> the outfield at Dodger Stadium. I mean, that's going to be a, a, an unbelievable thing to see. You know who I don't think is going to be excited for that? Whoever the javelin ends up in. <laughs> well, not only that, we were talking about, you know, when the first person gets impaled. Uh, I think the head groundskeeper is oh, going to... Yeah, uh, dig those holes. When the, javelin, when the javelin starts going two feet into the ground in center field, I think the head, scrap, head groundskeeper is going to say, you know, maybe we can cool it on the javelin throwing on the field. Um, but I think it could be a really, really interesting thing for baseball if Yamamoto is successful. Now, we have no idea right now if he's going to be successful. He's on a 12-year $325 million deal, and we have no clue if he can pitch in Major League Baseball. Obviously, he's coming we off being... We got clues. We got he's, clues. We have no proof. Well, you, you got clue enough to to offer him 12 years and 325. Yeah. He's obviously coming off, I think, three straight years of being the MVP of Japanese baseball. So the guy is obviously incredibly talented and, and incredibly good at pitching. That being said, Major League Baseball is different. It is It is different. You are facing guys at a level you have not faced before. Um, I have a lot of... I, I'm on the upside of Yamamoto. I think he's going to be really, really special. And I think if he can be really, really special with this no-weight training technique and, and all these new, th- new ways of preparing that we haven't seen in the U.S., um, 
I, I think it's gonna it could change the game in a really really good way. That's gonna keep kids' arms healthier longer because the well, the trend of yeah. of everybody hit the trend right now is everybody gets a Tommy John is essentially well, yeah. You hope you don't get two, but the trend right now is you're getting one, and let's hope you don't need the second one later. Uh, but of course, when you get one and then you come back and still try to throw 101 miles per hour every pitch, you're probably going to get the second one. Uh, we have very little proof that people can really succeed after two Tommy Johns. You've got a couple guys who've managed to be fine, uh, including a guy we had last year and then Nathan Yavaldi. Uh, but we have not had anyone who's come back from two and been better than they were before they got the one. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I think Yamamoto could potentially open up a new era in the way pitchers prepare. And I would love to see that personally. I would, the, I would love to see it. Before we leave this, which, which we should, but uh, on the Sioux, on the, on the second Tommy John, and I was reading as much as I could understand the medical parts, but the actual doctors who do this stuff saying, Yes, you can pitch after a second one. It's, they're not nearly as successful as after the first. After the first, almost everybody's fine. Uh, not nearly as much, but still about a 60% make it back to the majors rate. You just don't last very long because they've, they've created that hole to put the ligament through when they right. did the first one. And when th- that has buildup of scar tissue, even your bones, I guess, get scar tissue. And as a consequence, when they, they can't put another one in because now they're weakening the bone too much. So they have to go through that same place and deal with the scar tissue. And you said it's just a much, much more difficult surgery that is not inclined to last. And I think the average major leaguer comes back up for number two, goes at last about seven or eight innings. Yeah, I mean, five or the- ten years. In, in layman's terms, it's kind of like the first time what you do is you fix it with duct tape but really good duct tape. And then the second time you're taping weaker duct tape onto that duct tape instead of onto the thing that you attached the duct tape to originally. So you you can kind of get an image in your head of, of tape being stuck into more tape and how that would not hold over time. There's just too much that could go wrong there. Um, pulling things apart. Uh, so it's it's extremely difficult to to be back to where you were before uh, even your first Tommy John surgery after you've had the second one. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about the White Sox. Let's you talk know, about the seventy eight. The, the seventy eight supposed to be 78. the seventy eight neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, Is that where the name comes from? That's where the name comes from. Uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has heard of what's going on, a proposed new stadium that would be in an area kind of on the south end of the the South Loop. Uh, Not that big an area, which is going to be interesting because I think there's more parking lot area already at at the Gurf that this could possibly take. It's only a 62-acre plot, and they've already... very small. They've already given part of it, given part of it to uh, UIC for a lab. Uh, so, <laughs> and the other artist rendi- renditions are great, but you know, artist renditions of any construction project, it, it could be a maximum security prison and it, it would look like a luxury resort <laughs> when yeah. you do the artist rendition. 
but they look nice. Um, they've had these meetings. Uh, you know, the governor's saying, uh, we're not putting any money into a stadium, but of course, they're already they're already paying and will keep being claimed because it was such an incredible ripoff of the people of Illinois when they created the you know, sports facility authority. Uh, but we'll do infrastructure, which on an old rail yard, who knows how much infrastructure, how, what environmental damage is down underneath it. There's got to be a reason that, I mean, the company that owns this, uh, the related companies, related Midwest, this is a huge real estate operation. It's huge. The guy, guy that's in charge worth $10.5 billion, according to Forbes. You know, that's Jerry Reinsdorf, play it, pray at his altar. Uh, and yet they've not been able to sell any of them. They've owned it right. for quite a while. So there are problems that people, because the South Loop is very prosperous now. Yeah, I mean, it is. you know, just in the time you lived here, in the time we've lived here, Completely Again. changed. Completely uh, changed. It, it was just kind of a whole empty area in general, just some you know, little low rises, a few, I think, individual houses. And now it's just one humongous high rise after another. And they, a lot of this goes, well, the South Loop needs this. The South Loop, they'll, they'll get restaurants and bars and whatever. South Loop doesn't need it. South Loop is doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> but. It- it could so theoretically, cool, you know, do they do a cool stadium, which they could have done last time, except Brian Storff decided, oh, no, that, that looks that looks like people would have too much fun going there. Um, it's 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 interesting because nothing has come out about what the money would be. And what's going to happen is that Ryan Storff, you know, and I know yeah. anybody who pays any attention to Ryan Storff is going to take every nickel from the people of Illinois that they're willing to give him. And while the governor has been nicely reticent, Mostly, the mayor is going to. We want to have an arrangement where we can have a competitive team for years to come. We don't have a competitive team now. We haven't competitive team for ages. What I don't know what he's mayor of. I don't know what city he thinks he's in. And well, I appreciate. I do appreciate a mayor acting like there's a second team. You know, <laughs> well, that's there, nice. Well, there, the mayor's that is from a breath the south of fresh side. Air. Fair, so. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. Then, then a lot of the people are very close. Oh, look at this. This would be wonderful to have all this development. But look at what happened to Wrigley. And at Wrigley, I can't stand the people who own the Cubs. But the fact is, that's virtually all their own money. There may have been a little yeah. infrastructure in there, but not much. They put, they wanted, they went to the table. They asked for hundreds of millions. They didn't get it, and they built it, and they're doing just fine. Reinsdorf won't do it. Guarantee you, you won't do it. I I uh, can tell you this: Reinstorf's first proposal is going to ask for volunteers to build it. Like <laughs> he he is going to go about this in the worst possible way. Their lease with guaranteed rate is up on uh, in twenty twenty nine, right? Yeah. So they've, they've only got seasons. they've only got five years to get this done. I mean, think about that. Think about how how horribly run this organization is. And I'm looking at you, Jerry. And you're talking about five years between something where we have not even really started the process of of making this happen into building a state of the art new stadium uh, and being ready to play in, in 2029. I, that it sounds like a long timeline. It's really a very short timeline no, for that kind of construction on a place that has no infrastructure. I mean, just just exactly. None. Exactly. Uh, it, 
And again, the environmental possibilities there of a rail yard, the dumping that probably went on there for a century. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's just strange. And yeah, there's a lot of people are like, oh boy, they're going to have all these things, all these restaurants. Well, and look, look what Wrigley, what the development of Wrigley Field did to Wrigley Field. I hate to break it to you, but Wrigleyville was real well developed before, before the current yeah. <laughs> yeah. got there. We lived there. We know. We had. We have hundreds of restaurants that yeah. mostly what you got is, is bars. Now the, 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 the Cubs did put in some nice restaurants and their property that's across, uh, across yeah. the street, uh, sure. across Clark. But, uh, you know, most of that was there and it's mostly bars and that's yeah. fine. I'm, I'm not against anybody going to a bar, but having a bunch of bars is not really a way to improve your neighborhood as you right. and I know it. I walked through the piles of puke to get to work. And the uh, South Loop isn't South Loop's not hurting for bars already. So no. it's you're just adding bars to where there's already a bunch of bars. Um, South Loop is which, doing fine. Which is fine. Which is fine. Let, all that aside, all that I just don't know how they can get this stadium negotiated and built safely by 2029 on, on a, on a property with zero infrastructure. I, it, it just doesn't make sense to me unless you want to spend double what the project would cost to get it done in an expedited fashion. I, I don't know. I, I don't see that. And then you have to add the fact that realtors come up with new neighborhoods in Chicago all the time. So by the time this thing actually gets built, the 78 is going to be like the 84. Uh, so they're, they're well, no, seventy. There's seventy-seven official neighborhoods. This isn't going to become an official neighborhood. It's going to be part of right. South Loop. But right. but they like that idea. But it's a whole new company. And it's it's that's that's their advertising plug, and, and that's fine. You're welcome to whatever advertising plug you want to do. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I have I have doubts that anything Jerry Reinsdorf is involved with. I have doubts. And it would be nice. I think it would be. Very nice. I hope the artist rendition is perfect and that would work. But anything well, he's the artist rendition is will be perfect. Involve, yeah, it's going to it's <laughs> it's going to involve ripping off other people because that's what Jerry Reinsdorf does. And of he doesn't course. give a crap about the people of Chicago or crap about the people of Illinois. He made one made one statement once years and years ago, like owning a baseball team is like a civic responsibility. I forget the words. It wasn't that, but it was the essence was you're not just there for business. You're there as part of Has he acted like that ever since? Never, never, not, never, never. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. That is, that is, that's a joke. Um, I, so what, what's your, if, if you had to give a, a percentage of you thinking that this happening happens, uh, if the 78 White Sox Stadium happens by 2029, what's your percentage of, of likelihood? Less than 50-50. Because I think there will be a bulk. I, I, I think if he goes, he's going to demand hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, pro sports owners all across the country are demanding that kind of thing and often getting it. Look what's happening in Las Vegas. They can Geez, Buffalo, $1.2 billion putting into a new Bill Stadium. But there's a difference. Chicago, if they lost the White Sox, and I'm a White Sox fan. I've been for a very long time. I hate to lose them. If they lost them, it's still Chicago. We have so much. We're world-class in so many feelings of the arts and of business and of architecture and 
uh, and sports, and so on and yeah. so on. And sports, if they go, we'll bring in another team. Uh, and they can maybe move into the 78. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Buffalo, on the other hand, you know, Buffalo loses the Bills. What's Buffalo, mate? Frankly, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a like huge hit to their it's a huge hit to their economy. I mean, the White they're, Sox aren't aren't propping they're, up they're, Chicago's they're, economy. Their community the image is it's takes a severe blow. There is no severe blow in Chicago. Plus, even if you say, well, the Cubs are the more favorite. If you lost the Cubs, it's not a blow to the community image, frankly. You know, little little notch, but that's it. But it's more of one. It's more yeah, it's of more one. Of them. It's more of one. Be, and and, be, and and people, and the only the other thing is people when they who, who seem to be real big in favor of this thing in South Africa. Well, it Wrigley brought up this neighborhood. No, it didn't. Wrigley didn't bring up this neighborhood at all. Wrigley was here for a hundred years when the neighborhood <laughs> yeah. was going was going to hell. The neighborhood was falling apart when I first ever went to a game there fifty some years ago. Uh, what brought up this neighborhood? Nobody in. None of these guys are going to mention this boys town. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. What true. The gay community came here and it's and started to gentrify it, and then other gentrification came along. And it's, it, I mean, I live here. It's a wonderful neighborhood now. But yeah. it wasn't because of Wrigley. Wrigley helped. No. I mean, one of my favorite of things is is when you talk to the real old school Cubs fans, the Cubs fans that I like, and you know, they talk about how much of a nightmare. It used to be. No, they used, they used to tell you don't park very far from Wrigley. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It's a totally, totally different place. Wrigley did not bring that about. No, 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 no. That is absurd to think. I'm going to go out. Uh, I'm going to go in, in a harsher direction. I'm going to say there is a 10% chance that this Ooh. happens for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I think their little leak about we might go to Nashville is what got this thing rolling as we knew it was intended to do. And I think because of what Reinsdorf is going to want and because of the specific plot of land, which is not developed with infrastructure, and the fact that you're on a ten, you're on a five-year timeline to get this done, I think it, there's a 10% chance this happens. If it happens, great. I'd love to see it. I, I really would. I'd love to see the White Sox in a better scenario with better facilities that can help attract more fans and more people going to games. But I think there is a 10% chance that this happens. I have no clue what the alternative is, but I think there's a 10% chance that this specific project happens. It is just way too short of a timeline. And I would love to be proven wrong. I, I can tell you right now, I would love this for the White Sox. I'd love it for Chicago. I want it to happen, but I think it is almost certainly not going to happen. But I, I want it to happen, too. I mean, I think it would be very nice. That would be great. I don't want that to happen on the backs of the taxpayers of Illinois and Chicago. And even Correct. if they go and argue, well, it's it's all the it's the hotel, motel, restaurant tax thing that it says, you, you're not actually paying it. Money is fungible. Yeah, money from that from that hotel motel tax can go to schools. It can go to police. It can go to repairing roads. It can go to all kinds of things, and all of which Chicago should, desperately should needs be money going for. To yeah. a billionaire and his buddies. Yeah, totally. And it's, uh, I we feel get, the same way about the Bears too. I mean, for that matter, I'm, I'm just, totally, totally. Uh, we do have to take our break here. We will come back and talk about the team. Um, the team, whoever, whoever's on it. Uh, So we will be right back 
on Sharing Socks. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We talked a little bit of a wider scope of baseball and pitching, and then we uh, discussed the exciting prospects of the 78, of which I do not have high hopes of it happening. But let's talk about some of the guys. This has been a jaw-dropping Hollywood, you know, <laughs> names and lights. Get them on the marquee as soon as possible offseason. Or is it Brebbia? I have no idea. That's the so part of my issue with the White Sox right now is we're signing guys where I don't actually know how to say their names. Uh, <laughs> I'm Eric Fede, Fede, Feda, Fede, Foda, 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 Foda. Uh, no clue. I'm, no, I'm going with Feda, but it, it, like the cheese, but <laughs> sure, great. That sounds good. Um, so we got him. Uh, so that's he's going to be our, one of our starters, probably our number two starter. A guy who has been a complete failure in Major League Baseball, but was incredibly successful in Korea. Now, is it just because he was pitching to Koreans, or theoretically he developed a new pitch and and, re- we'll and revised see. one of his old ones? We'll see if, if that's what happened. And then uh, uh, Previa is a former closer. I mean, he's been really good. Yeah. Why he came here, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, first he had Tommy John, then he came back from that, and he was fine. But then last year, he had a flexor strain. And when he came back from that, he was awful. And the White Sox relievers, uh, potentially closer relievers who have been injured, and we pick him up out of the hospital ward, uh, one who went out to Los Angeles <laughs> afterward, uh, do not have a good record with uh, rehabilitating these guys and for good reason. They're, they're hurt. <laughs> yeah. And the White Sox probably don't have a medical staff. Uh, they don't have baseball analytics, so I don't know why they'd have a, a medical staff. I think they're running bare bones as much as possible. Uh, one of the more interesting signings, I think, was Jeff Brickton on two years and $7 million. Uh, he's interesting, I think, um, mainly because – I just made him up, and you weren't for sure if he was real or not. Yeah, I, 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 like, I, don't, I don't remember this guy. Uh, you know, you go down the bar, the 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 for sale closeout aisle of relievers <laughs> at, at Dollar General, <laughs> and you never know what you what you end up. You just kind of toss it in your basket. But you my to- my little trick I just pulled. Is is my perfect analogy for this off season. I could I could name five guys right now, and there would be people listening to this who would be like, "Oh, he does sound interesting." <laughs> they're they're all made up. We we don't know who any of these people are. They, the, ones, I, the ones that are real are basically all pitchers, except for uh, Nicky Lopez and Paul DeYoung. Yeah, who presumably will be the second base shortstop combination. Yeah, uh, and, and you know they said they're going to improve the defense. That will incredibly improve the defense. Uh, the other things were, were the catchers that they got. I presume Martin Maldonado will end up being the starter, and he hits about one forty. Uh, none of these guys can hit. Maldonado's and Maldonado defensively fell apart last year. He had yeah. been one of the best defensive catchers in the game, but catchers get old. Never, yeah. We all get old. We catch, catchers really age fast. I mean, a catcher uh, who's been hitting 140 is a guy you need to plan on hitting 110. Uh, it's just yeah. 
Yeah, Ma- Maldonado's then, been around. He's been a solid he, ball player, but he's he's been around. And Max Stassi, who hits the long ball occasionally, but he hits under 200 too. Guaranteed. Uh, so so, so you, you're, you're going to have three already set goals of the lineup at, at second short catcher. You don't have a right fielder, so that's four holes. You have a great hitting and fielding center fielder. You yep. have left fielders, third baseman, and first baseman who maybe they'll be slightly better than what their position average is, but probably not. And yeah, you, you never the- know who you're going to get. And when you're talking about a team that's absolutely not going to be competitive, you're probably not going to get their best stuff. I mean, let's no, be real. And, 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 and you've got, uh, you know, Yuan is it's oft injured. This often does not look like he's interested in the game anymore, probably because he is injured. You know, if you're back yeah. to it every time you went out there and you're a third baseman, which puts a lot of strain on your back, your enthusiasm is liable to be dimmed a little bit. Especially uh, when you're going out there and doing it for a hundred lost team. Like there, there's a huge difference between powering through that when you've got a team that can make a championship run and powering through that when you've got a team that's playing to, you know, essentially have their season over in August or July or June. Uh, it, it, I, I, I don't even blame them. I mean, if you're hurt, you're hurt. And if you're going out there to play for a terrible team, what, what's the motivation? What's, I, I mean, I know they're getting paid a lot of money. That's what's making them show up. But, you know, I, 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 I think we're going to see virtually no improvement uh, from, from those guys. They, they'll have good days and they'll have bad days like they always do. Uh, but I don't see a world where any of those guys are now bouncing back to what we thought they were going to be. Um, our, our championship window, which we're technically still in based on what everybody talked about in the early we're two. kind of at the back end of it. Yeah, we're on the back end. So we've already won two World Series, right? Um, you know, that's it's completely closed. It's not only closed, but they've put 40 padlocks on the door and, and walked away. So... I, I don't see a world where we see an uptick in production from any of these guys. I think Luis Robert is likely going to be great in an effort to maybe get the heck out of there. I, um, I, I hope I hope he can keep the effort up. Because we saw in 2022 when he got disgusted that he's just kind of an average guy. And then for congratulations to him last year, amidst that debacle, he got the spirit back. Uh, hope he can do it again. Uh, yeah, yeah me meanwhile, the, the, the two Andrews, one I think has been overrated from day one, and the other one's on a fade because he got a big contract, so why not enjoy the money? Uh, and then pitching, our number one pitcher, they, they're asking apparently the boon for Dylan Cease uh, and not getting it. And yeah, so he's looks now he's going to be around till the trade deadline. Something will happen, he'll go somewhere. I guess our number two is Eric Fetty. Uh, then Michael oh. Kopech. None of these guys. And I, I looked at as we were getting these pitchers, uh, the big trade with Atlanta, the, when, where Bummer went, we got all these guys who were mostly pitchers. None of these guys averages over five innings. And that's the same thing with Dylan Cease. Cease, to his great credit, comes out every day. I mean, he almost never yeah. misses a start. He's incredible on that. But he also averages five and a half innings start. So you've got a non-existent bullpen 
It's going to have to cover all these incredible numbers of innings. I mean, it's it's unreal. Uh, the other thing, oh, the other thing on the trade front, uh, word in the last couple of days is nobody wants a lot. Yeah, there was some early interest, but it's just not there anymore. They really screwed up when they didn't send him to Miami and, and sent Berger instead. Yeah, uh, that apparently was a Kenny Williams total screw up, but. Uh, because Miami was looking for Aloy originally, and they're very, very happy to get Jake. I, I mean, if if Aloy comes out and he can be healthy and he can hit the baseball, they're going to get something for him by the deadline. But yeah. those are big ifs. And and I think when he's healthy and when he's happy, he can be a great hitter. Um, but he's obviously useless yeah. in the field. So it's, and, it's and, gonna... and, and, and think think another question. Yes, he is useless in the field. So you're only talking to DH. And the second thing is, I think his reputation, and this comes from former teammates talking by and large, is that while he's a really nice guy, he's a great guy, and he's really happy, he just doesn't work very hard. Yeah. Oh, you can see it. I mean, when you go to games before games, you you can see it. And I've said that about the White Sox. You know, I've seen virtually every team pre-game at some point in the last season or so and there's you can see which teams are getting better and which teams are trying to get better and which teams are really working hard and which ones aren't and the White Sox are definitely in the latter category it's it's just so poorly run and so poorly managed from the top down that you know I, I I think they don't have anyone there motivating anybody to work hard and a guy like Eloy who I think is a very nice guy but I, he's also kind of a big kid, and I think he really Hence needs his nickname. exactly. And I think he really needs leadership and motivation. And I think with the right people doing that, he would work harder and be better. Um, so you got to hope that he does that because he, you really need somebody who's desperate for a DH to to need Eloy by the trade deadline this year. I think Cease is definitely gone by the deadline. Let's hope that they don't have to settle for what they're going to get for him. Because honestly, we don't know which Dylan Cease we're going to get yet this year either. Like, yeah, I, I, there, there's a lot of debate. I mean, you you, you read the stuff, you know, the, our side and, and other sites where commenters go back and forth about we really need to trade him now or we should hold on. And, and it's a legitimate debate because yeah. – if you hold on and he's great, if it's 2022 again, then yeah, you're going to get a nice package in July. Especially at the deadline. Yeah. 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 It, it, even though there's only a year and a third of them left instead of two whole years. But if he's 2023 Dylan Cease, you get a pretty good package, but not that great. And if he gets injured, she's avoided injuries. It's really weird for a pitcher to, to really great that he's avoided injury as long as he has. Uh, but if we were to get injured, then you've lost everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of, I let's get what we can get. Uh, you know, it, it makes the team even worse, obviously, for, for the 2024. But I I think, you know, not don't grovel for, for you know, a couple uh, used baseball bats or something, but they seem to be holding out for like people's three top prospects. Well, they're not getting it. Uh, probably not going to get that in July either. 
there's very but, few guys where you would get that. And Dylan Cease has not proven that he is worth your future. You know, when when you're talking about wanting someone's top three prospects or wanting their top wanting two of the three of the top five at least, you're you're leveraging your future on one guy. And a lot of teams one can't do that because of how baseball works, that rebuild periods are crucial for all mid-market teams and small market teams. You can't just give away your future on a guy that could come in and pitch to a four and a half ERA and only give you five innings a game. I mean, nobody is going to be foaming at the mouth. Uh, a contender is not going to be foaming at the mouth to to spend their farm on a potential number three or four. You know, if, if he comes out and proves himself an ace – you're gonna get something great. You're you're gonna get a good package. It's actually not unreasonable to think you could get you know someone's top two prospects. However, if he's anything but that, you're gonna have to take a hit on this. And let's be real: the chances are he's going to be anything but that. And uh, if he proves us wrong, amazing. One, that would give us something exciting to watch early in the season if, if Cease comes out and he's back to 2022 form. Uh, but, you know, let's let's be realistic about this. And there's a good chance that he won't be. I, I still think he's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But, oh, yeah. But, but be, there's a, he was good in 2023. He just yeah. wasn't excellent. But there's a huge difference between a, a top two in the Cy Young and a guy who's good. And what you can get – for those things, even at the trade deadline. People overspend at the deadline, of course. But you also, as you mentioned earlier, you get a sample before that time comes. And if that sample is not better than it was going into the season, you're not going to get more, even at the trade deadline. So he's as good as gone. I just don't know how much they're going to be able to get for him. Um, I'm sure he is hoping to be gone. Uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure everyone on the team is hoping to be gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. when, when I, when I say that, I mean, gone even the ones who just signed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're all playing for the deadline and hoping that they get shipped, uh, to, to one of the contenders because they're not going to contend for a long time. And guys like Cease and Robert, who still have a lot to offer the game, um, you know, Age matters in baseball, it matters in sports, and you got to really, really hope that you can get away from a dying franchise while you still have stuff left in the tank. Um, so I, I do think these guys might step up a bit to try to go somewhere else. Um, they're in no danger of stepping up so much that they make the White Sox a deadline contender, which is a nice place to be. Uh, so the White Sox can't feign the whole, oh, we think we're still in it thing. Uh, at the end of July, but uh, I, I think they're, you know, we just got to hope that these guys come out and are gangbusters so we can get as much of a haul for them as we can, because otherwise the oh, White Sox future I, is so bleak. I, one thing I, I want to get back, I know we're, we're really over time here, but I want to get this in. You and I have both, and so has everybody, every other Sox fan that come across, go, why are we getting all these people from Kansas City, from Pedro Grafal to people in the front office, to players? Well, there's a why are we getting everybody from one of the four teams in all of baseball that's worse than we are? Why are we doing this again? I wish to apologize to the people of Kansas City and to the Kansas City Royal franchise. 
because every prediction I have seen for 2024 has them better than the White Sox. So we have been wrong in disparaging it that way. Okay. Well, first off, we saw you had to have seen that coming. So we were <laughs> we were consciously ignorant uh, about this one because the Royals will definitely be better than the White Sox in 2024. And they have something to be excited about. They've got young guys that are exciting. And, uh, you know, you look at the way they're rebuilding, and there really is a future that you can build around Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, we are kind of past that point with our guys of we can build a future for Luis Robert. We can build a future for Robert and Cease. We really can't. I mean, we are so far removed from being competitive because our farm system has one guy in the top 100, and we'll see. Sometimes, too. So it depends on who's doing the race. Noah Schultz uh, comes in usually as well sure. as uh, Montgomery. But if you're saying sometimes, too, the second one is towards the back end of the, yeah. uh, the 100. So, you know, I maybe Colson Montgomery is going to be good, but one guy isn't going to do it. So the, the future is very bleak. We are about out of time. For this week, though, do you have any final thoughts before we end the uplifting first podcast <laughs> of 2024? Well, I just, uh, I have, no, you know, the, the number 78 in the past was a, a very nice record on, a, on an old turntable. And I, I, as a kid, my, my parents had some really nice 78s of people like Buddy Waters and Tom Lair. So I, 78 has a positive influence in my mind. 78 also has the negative influence that there's an old rule of 78 that auto dealerships use to kind of screw you on financing. And oh. it was, yeah, it was some way like you couldn't ever pull off your loan because of this rule of 78s thing. That um, sounds like the White that Sox hasn't been around version for, of 78. Think, I, don't, I don't think that's been around for a very long time. But that's a negative. So we have a balance, a positive and a negative. And so it's in the balance now, but this 78. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see which 78 we're going to get. I'm leaning toward the used car dealership 78. (laughs) Uh, Used car dealership is a very White Sox vibe right now, actually. I think it's I think it's very good. You know, we're going to offer some fake things to get you into the ballpark just so we can make you spend twenty dollars on a on a bad beer. Uh, It feels very used car dealership to me. Um, that is all the time we have though. So thank you so much for listening. We will be with you through this 2024 season of baseball or a game that looks like baseball. And we'll talk to you soon right here on sharing socks.